Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome everybody to the Inferno Podcast, episode 28. I am Dana Scott. I cover the Suns for the Arizona Republic newspaper. This is on Believe Network, and also our co-hosts of the show are Dr. Patrick Patillo, a.k.a. Suns superfan, Mr. Orange, and the one and only former All-Star and Suns legend Cedric Sabalas here with us. We're going to discuss a lot of developments in the Suns head coach search right now. They're actually a couple days in, and they're four reported finalists. Among them are Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, uh, Jody, no, Jordy uh, Fernandez, uh, associate head coach of the Sacramento Kings, who is under the consensus coach of the year, Mike Brown. And also we have Kevin Young, the associate head coach of the Phoenix Suns, who was under the recently fired Monty Williams. Let's get to it, fellas. What exactly do you think about the four finalists in this hunt for replacing Monty Williams? Start with you, said. Um, I, I'm I'm real boggled by the. I just got fired. Now I'm getting rehired. <laughs> when it comes to head coach, I just and then some coaches get a job even before they got fired. I was in Dallas with uh with with uh, Rick and and I, I just was like. How did he get the Indiana job before he left the Mavericks job? I just, I just don't understand that, and and I don't know if they're just that in high demand, or um, and it's not like they're coming off, you know, championship season. I mean, I, obviously Steve Kerr can run around and do that right now, but and then whoever's going to win out of the um, Denver, Miami, Boston's finals, I, I think they have that demand. But just coming right off of a season switching gears like that is it's real mind-boggling to me so i i love the fact when you move up uh have an opportunity to, to to understand what this team is about and and most of the time when i've been in basically every position you can as a player from a guy about to get cut to a guy getting mvp votes the assistant coaches are real you you they're real trustworthy so if the, if, if uh, matt decides to just move up uh, I think that'd be a good a good bid. I'm, I'm gonna put that in. But then I talked about this before, and you know, do we do we take care of the fans with with Marley out there, with Nash out there, uh, Byron Scott, former ASU guy? Do we take care of the the fans on 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 getting a fan favorite uh, on his new regime as owner? Patrick, what do you take of this? Yeah, you know, uh, my take is what is going on? Because as you named some, Frank Vogel was just named uh, earlier today. That's as, right. I'm sorry, five. Let me, let me say yeah, five. But you, there's multiple reports. So people are wondering, is are the Phoenix Suns trying to see if there's a mole and, um, you know, give information to one party and then another because uh, reports were coming out that, you know, they were towards the end of the search. And then, you know, same night, other reports are coming out from all reliable sources. Um, you know, saying different things. But, um, you know, I think it's very interesting. The obviously the name. So Doc Rivers, you know, there's there's some big heavy hitters. Uh, Nick Nurse, um, obviously, Bootenholzer hasn't been named. And I, I wouldn't want that 
uh, for the Suns at all anyway. So glad that his name's not in that mix at all. Um, and, and what's interesting to me is just Kevin Young, you know, so people can look and say, yeah, you know, he hasn't been a head coach, but um, he did a lot for the team under Monty Williams' direction and really, you know, consulting with Monty on a number of changes. He's very well received by the players. Um, I'm not personally a fan of Doc Rivers from a we want to win perspective. Obviously, he's a, a proven coach. He's intelligent. Um, I don't as much fall in line with, you know, obviously his track record is his track record. So you could tie to that. Um, it's just the dynamic of the group that we currently have and what we'll make up. Um, I, I, to me, a Nick Nurse, uh, Nick Young or um, Young would would kind of be a better fit for what I believe the makeup is of, of, you know, obviously surrounding Book and Durant specifically. But um, I, with having, you know, what we've seen from the time that uh, Ishbia has come into his position and the decisions he's made, I don't know that we can follow any type of uh, historical for any team, let alone the Suns franchise kind of process in this all there, there, in my opinion, could be a random curveball that's not even, you know, being talked about that, you know, winds up being either the head coach or, or someone that and just gets in the mix late. So uh, to me, from what we've heard, a, a Nick Nurse or uh, Young would be, you know, what I would like to see Kevin Young, but um, I think it's going to continue to be interesting. And and does this happen before the finals? Um, do we do we name that coach, or does that kind of carry over uh, throughout the finals? And it to me has been very interesting the whole dynamic, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we are two weeks away from, or two weeks since the Suns lost in Game Six against the Denver Nuggets. All right, it is. Today, date is May 24th. And so I'm confused about two things. One, they haven't had James Jones speak on what's going to happen going forward. That's something that's definitely a red flag to me because when the Suns lost game seven last year, they were very quick to have their exit interviews, also addressing the media with Monty Williams and James Jones right afterwards about the direction of the team going forward. You know, what's happening with DeAndre Ayton and Booker and all the things that are uh, that I just mentioned. Uh, but then this new ownership with Ishbia and not addressing the media about the team's direction right afterwards from the top at James Jones. Absolutely, that's his job to do that. Obviously, they're going through a head coaching search, so they probably want some things finalized first before they do address the media. But they do have some things to answer to for the fan base, as you said, uh, Patrick, that this team was expected to have a finals run with Kevin Durant. They made a huge trade and gave up three of their best role players or former starters in Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. And they have eight uh, players entering free agency uh, from the bench. And we'll get to that in a second, you know, for our another the next segment. And Booker didn't address the media uh, after game six is lost uh, that the Suns had and also didn't address the media the day after uh, when they basically had their exit interviews. So th that's the first thing that strikes me about this whole thing is that I, I just basically mind boggled by that. It's, not only as a reporter, but as an NBA fan too, I'm wondering about the Doc Rivers thing. And I like Doc Rivers. We used to go get the same uh, we used to get, uh, get haircuts at the same shop in Boston, cutting edge. Shout out to my people out there on Mass Ave. And 
But I'm just wondering about the fact that all these names, Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, Monty Williams, they lost their jobs because they didn't basically pull through for their teams uh, to get past the elimination games, namely the Raptors and the, the uh, playing game when, as a t the 10th uh, seed, didn't beat the Bulls. Um, and if, I wonder if they did actually get to have a, a run to the playoffs, Nick Nurse would probably still have his job. Doc Rivers, obviously, with the Game 7 collapse against Boston in Boston, and then Monty Williams in Game 6 uh, at home for the second straight year of elimination. So if you're going to hire a guy like Doc Rivers, yes, he has a 2008 championship with Boston, but I'm wondering if you just basically – it's almost like you know, putting a guy who just lost his job and giving him another job in a place where – he pretty much is doing what Monty did. So I'm wondering why would you hire Doc Rivers if he basically is coming from a place where, you know, he lost his job because of little success in three years uh, getting to the NBA finals. And now you're putting him in a place with a new team that's going to be changing and having a new voice with a guy that it's, if this is a trust issue, then yeah. you can't trust Doc. Then why would you do that? Exactly. Uh, Nick, same thing. I'm wondering about that too. Whereas, like, you pretty much are just going back to what you started with. And I'm not the assistant coach inquiries about Jordy Fernandez, who's supposedly or uh, reportedly being interviewed uh, today, Thursday. Um, and and then Kevin Young. I can see the continuity there under Monty Williams. And then, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just wondering about those hires. If you're going to get a rookie head coach, it's like. Why, why wouldn't you get a veteran? So I'm, I'm just kind of confused by all that. And said, you had something to say. Yeah, I was going to mention about Doc. Uh, you know, you know, great job in, in 2008 winning the championship. But only problem child that he had on that team may have been Big Baby. <laughs> Glenn Davis. He, he may have been Big Baby. You know, he, he, he didn't come through with Ben, Big Baby, Simmons. He didn't come through with James, Big Baby, Harden. We have a problem here too, as well, that we got to solve with one of our superstars and 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 Andre. Okay. Uh, well, so that's what you mean by big baby? Okay. Yeah, like why do you? Why would you bring when he didn't solve those problems with with the superstars that he had with Ben and and James? And we have a problem here with our superstar. Why we would bring him in? I mean, I like I played against Doc, good guy. Uh, you know, nothing personal against him, but but the resume shows that when a superstar has a problem. He's not the one that'll fix it. He's not the one to fix it. And that's really what this team really needs. Let's fix Andre Aiden. Not saying that he's terrible, but if he plays up to his potential, we still playing right now. And then we like Denver. We're sitting waiting on who's going who we're going to play in the finals. So uh now you have three, possibly four, if if Chris Paul stays, superstars that you have to handle. And when it comes to the superstars, like I said, anyone that has any problems and they only had one and that guy was a bench player in Big Baby Davis on Boston when they won that championship. Right. So I'm wondering, said, are you part of the contingent that cites DeAndre Ayton's lack of effort or energy in basically buying into Monty Williams' system or his motivation is, is basically the reason why there's a vacancy on the Suns right now? 
Yeah, I think that that was the main reason. I mean, you, you know, you got a guy who has uh, the second biggest contract on your team, uh, well, third biggest now. KD's here, but uh, uh, you you want and he's supposed to be your future first round pick, first first pick, uh, not first round first pick, and he has a problem with 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 the coaching. That's just the way the the, the, the sport is is ran now. Uh, they're not going to get rid of one that contract. It's going to be hard to get rid of that contract. They may have a possibility to do that. But the first thing they're going to do is try to solve the problem by exiting the coach out there because, uh, uh, you know, it, it, even though we have great coaches in this league, uh, you know, the players that are out there, they, they're doing most of this ticket sales and, and the advertising and, and, and bringing people in. And they have to go out and finish it regardless of what the X's and O's look like on the sideline. Patrick, you said uh, you look like you got something to say about this. It's just it's the dynamic like that. The reason said named as well. I just I don't feel, you know, that would be Doc. I think it's going to be very interesting what they are asking, what questions the Suns are asking and what question like what is Matt Ishbia looking for and James Jones? And then what what is that coach looking for? So to me, you have two big pieces. What are your plans with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton? And so that that should factor in heavily, right? The, the dialogue should be two ways because if the Suns plan to keep DA, then that should be a topic of conversation. And and to the point of Doc Rivers, you know that would that should be a flag in the conversations that you're having. And if it's more of an X's and O's and adjustments piece, right? Um, to me, Nick Nurse has proven he can do that in in seasons and with the talent that he had through his time in Toronto. And so I think that that whole dynamic is going to be key because the Suns know what they plan to do, or at least what they hope to do. And so I think that factors into what type of coach we're looking for, who um, are the true finalists, because we really don't even know, depending on what report you're listening to, um, and then where we land. So I think um, the next you know week, I would say, and days within this next week are going to be very revealing and telling based on, you know, what we hear overall with the coaching search. Oh, if they do hire Kevin Young, would you be opposed to that? Because we've seen this before where assistant coaches slide over to the head coach position once a coach is fired. We And also said you played under this with the Suns when you came up under Cotton, hit Simmons, rest in peace, and then Paul Westfall slid over as the head coach in waiting, right? Back in yeah, 93, and that's a piece to both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what I was saying. That's, that's why I see a, a, a better picture in that because, uh, like I said, I've been in almost every position as a player, and uh, the assistant coaches are, are actually trusted and 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 more more of a player favorite than the head coaches are. You know, most of the time the head coaches are usually, you know, uh, in some cases, the, the 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 good buddy of of the superstar, like Phil Jackson and with Shaquille and uh, Michael and Kobe and, and and you know Scotty, but everybody else is usually like you know he's this, he's that, or that and the other. When it comes to the head coach, they always gravitate towards the assistants. Uh, it, it's kind of like a you know a family situation. You know your dad is mad at you. What do you do? You go to your mom and your mom. <laughs> so it'll be okay. You'll play next week. You know this, that, and the other. So uh, I think it's a great situation to have to have young move up uh, because he knows the players and and I don't know if he's going to really change the system but he knows how to how to treat everybody and I know if if Aiden had a problem uh with his head coach he definitely went to his assistant coaches 
to try to figure this thing like what do I need to do what is he saying you know translate between these I don't know if they were arguing or not I'm not in the locker room but if they were arguing and he's shouting matches the assistant coaches trying to they kind of translate to each other well Aiden wants this Monty well well uh, uh Monty wants this Aiden you know type of situation yeah I think with Kevin Young Monty always referenced him uh, when it came to the post-game interviews or even during the media scrums at practice about Kevin's philosophy, especially about rebounding and, you know, transition defense and things like that, that the intangibles that, that basically helps them create their pace and they identify themselves as a pace team and getting out and running. So I think that helps to Kevin uh, his favor in this interview process as somebody that the players trust and that Monty trusted as basically the right-hand man and on the bench. That actually is something that I look forward to uh, because it seems like he was the biggest voice in that locker room uh, or in that war room, you know, when it came to finding players to fill in the, the roster spots and, and and what have you for adjustments in the, during the games and at practice. So, that's actually something I look forward to. But I don't believe the Suns need a marquee name, but even though it wouldn't hurt to have a marquee name, it's just something that the fans are expecting a big name because they got the biggest marquee name in the business and Kevin Durant just a couple months ago. And they didn't have him for that long before they went down. So that's probably what Ishby is looking to as well if they're willing to give up you know, their future for one big name. And so it seems like that's what he's trying to ensure in the fan base that, okay, we didn't have success getting to getting back to the finals under Monty, but we're going to give you guys, uh, meaning the fans, somebody that has a history and has basically played in the NBA or has won a championship uh, in, in Doc Rivers or Nick Nurse, uh, respectively, uh, who've done it basically uh, and doc's done both like you said said so that's where i feel like with you know the names game lies but our next topic we're going to discuss about guys on the bench and who they're going to replace those eight soon to be free agents uh in june 30th when it market starts so uh they they got these guys that pretty much that's more than half their 15-man roster and what's going to happen when it comes to if they're going to keep Chris Paul and Cameron Payne possibly on the trade block because he's got one year left on his three-year deal for $19 million. Like, who do you believe is going to stay uh, and who do you believe should the Suns let walk? I, 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 I'm, loving, I'm loving Shamit. I, I just think he's uh, uh, he spreads the defense. He's played solid. He doesn't want that much attention uh, as, uh, to take away from the big four. Uh, which is a great thing. Uh, I, I love the the way he competes. Uh, when it comes to campaign, man, he, you know, I, I've always thought he was a guy who needed to just have belief in himself that he could be a starting point guard and not be somebody's dance partner or 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 their hype man. And I, I see a lot of that has changed after he came back from his injury late in the season. Uh, and I think he can, you know put himself in a position to do that with the right cast around him. Uh, Josh, man, he's just a hard worker and he just will do in just about anything. I don't know if he fits inside of uh, what they want to do or he wants to move on and try to blossom as a player. Uh, that's that's really up to him uh, in, in that situation. Uh, I love the, 
the hot hand of, uh, but he didn't get a chance to get loose of Terrence Ross. Uh, if he did, you know, you know, open up a little bit and get some 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 more uh, ISO situations where uh, Booker is is on the bench or Kevin Durant is on the bench uh, to be the leading scorer of of a of that second unit uh, with him and Shaman out there, I think it'd be pretty good. Uh, and Lynn, then you go to Lee. I mean, I, I don't think he was utilized as, as much as he should have been. Uh, obviously, his shot wasn't, um, you know, where it was in Golden State because obviously the system is different. And he's a little bit more freer when he was with the, uh, the, the championship warriors. But I think that I think he can be utilized that way. And and then let's stay with the big fella. You know, Jock is just you know, he just played his way, I think, into a new contract. And and unfortunately, people, you know, people were watching just like we were watching. And they're going to start trying to pull his coattail to get him up out of there because he is definitely, if not a, a decent uh, starter, he's uh, definitely a backup center uh, that can develop into a, to be a great player. Sure. Patrick? Yeah, Seb covered it, I would say, pretty well uh, from an alignment perspective. Uh, for me, Ross... Um, it, when you look at the makeup of our team, we need, we need guys to make shots. And and we spoke about it on a, a few of our podcasts about Monty and uh, having conversations uh, supposedly with, you know, Ross and um, Lee and more so Warren, just letting them know when they came back, like, hey, I'm going to ride with the guys that I know and have had time with and been here. But to me, like the area we needed and the, and the being able to knock down shots and spread the floor out and make the defense respect that, you know, getting Lee and Ross going in that kind of veteran leadership and or Craig, um, I think, you know, keeping at least two of those pieces uh, would be good. I think, you know, you look at Busy and Jock Lindell, um, to me, both, I love both, both play so hard. So as a coach, you respect that and love that. Um, to me, I think Jock Lindell has more of an offensive upside that can be developed uh, than Busy. And mm -hmm. so for that, if I have to choose between the two, uh, you know, I, I think the nod would go to Jock if, if I'm giving my input there. And then something that I think is very interesting is Jay Crowder. And Milwaukee, I feel he, you know, didn't get leveraged in the way, you know, and people have opinions and feelings. But if it truly was, the reason I bring him up, between Monty and him, and I, he never spoke ill about the organization. He's close with uh, most of the players from all the conversations that I would have with him. Would that be an option to, and would he be accepting of, you know, coming back here and helping us in the areas that he could in more of a role than he obviously had when he went to Milwaukee? So that was one that is, uh, you know, June 30th approaches, I, I think is something to keep an eye on. It would be interesting depending on, you know, the dynamic there. And was there more to it besides, you know, he and Monty and, and their conversations about what value and place he felt he would play within the organization last year? Yeah, two things strike me about that uh, is that, one, it's Booker not speaking and that tweet, 36 unbothered, it's very cryptic and people are speculating that that's him and Kevin Durant saying they're unbothered by the fact that Monty got canned, right? So maybe that's true. I don't know. But there's something about maybe there was – maybe that Monty wasn't wanted anymore by the players in some way, the top players and not maybe not Kevin Durant, but maybe Booker and him and Chris Paul, obviously there was a rift there between him and Monty um, last year from some speculation and reports. But uh, there are some things that I wonder about that. And two, the Jay Crowder thing, I have seen some 
uh, trends online lately about, you know, would he be willing to come back to the Suns now that Monty is gone and now they have new ownership. But that's really up to Jay because if he has a bitter taste in his mouth at age 34 and not come back, it's almost like that song from the 70s, like, here's the new boss. Sam is the old boss, right? <laughs> I don't know the name of the song, but I know the lyrics well. So he could have that approach where he's like, I'm just going to go to a new team where I feel appreciated. I had that experience. I had a great run in the finals with them, but I'm moving on. Maybe I'll go closer to home if I can get a deal with the Hawks because he's from Atlanta. So um, I, I'm just saying that, not because, you know, Dominique's jersey is in the background, but because that's what players usually do later in the back nine of their careers, is go closer to home. And so that he might do that. He might go somewhere else where he might feel a, a role that's not Milwaukee, um, or now that you know, Budenholzer is gone and didn't use him really much uh, after he he signed with the or you know and with that uh, after he got traded from Brooklyn and got waived um, in that Kevin Durant trade, then he might wind up staying in Milwaukee. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I think with the eight guys off the bench, yeah, Jock Landale definitely has more upside to stay and he and I wrote about this recently with him and Damian Lee on those one-year deals that are expiring soon you know Busy is a veteran he was just a shot blocker he's undersized but he's put in for his defense Jock Landale is definitely much more malleable around the basket you know he's better in the pocket to basically catch and shoot off those pick and roll plays or just those double teams where he can catch those pocket passes he just does it better and he's just a better finisher around the hoop than, than Biz, who just kind of does those awkward elbow out, you know, shot puts or whatever those are. You know, he's he just it's just not there as an offensive player. He's just not there. So uh, I, mean, I like Biz, too. It's just his philanthropy is great, probably the best in the league. But, you know, from my uh, understanding, but I believe that Biz definitely should be uh, allowed to walk in this sense so that way they can make more room. And if they keep Chris Paul, you know, they're going to have to have some major adjustments considering the fact that the Suns are, were the fourth oldest team. They are the fourth oldest team with this roster this season. So they're going to have to get younger. I know James Jones is not a guy who's a proponent for the draft, and but that's come back to bite them, and it will if they don't do something to get younger players as – Eight of these guys are technically off the books in a month from now. So, and that goes to our last subject about Brittany Griner, who had an amazing comeback debut at home uh, in on Sunday against the Chicago Sky. 27 points on 9-13 shooting, 10 boards, 4 blocks. Now, I'm wrong for what I said about Brittany Griner last summer to you guys that she should take a year off. She looked like she hasn't lost a step in playing the game that she loves, okay? So I was basically sunned in that way. What was your takeaway you said about Brittany's performance on Sunday? Well, she's one of the most dominant uh, players we have seen in her position uh, in the game, uh, college or pro, overseas. Uh, it was just a matter of time for her. Uh, I have no idea what she's went through uh, mentally, but physically wise, I didn't think that she was, uh, you know, downhill. It was just a point of, you know, all, all the scares and fears that she went through with, with her mind be okay with that. Uh, it's really difficult 
to really see what somebody's going through, especially what what she went through. But uh, it seems like the the world has embraced it. Uh, our government has embraced it, and uh, she she's really putting um, an emphasis on 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 coming through. I mean. It is one thing to come back from an injury. It is one thing to come back from not just not playing where they, uh, they don't have too many holdouts anymore when it comes to contracts and athletes, but but just, you know, going through what she has went through and come back. And uh, I think that's excitement. You kind of have a lot of anticipation. Again, I've, I've never sat in a cell for a year and uh, not know what my future is going to be. And then you get an opportunity to get out and not only get out, and you pray, you you cherish that, but you get out and get back to normal. You know, if even if even better at, at what you were doing before you went in. Sure, Patrick, what's your take on what you saw Sunday? If you yeah, are just you? truly um, inspirational, really. So as we talked about in the pod, and I said, you know, if if BG needs time, she should take it. Like her mental health is number one. And when, and if she wants to come back to the game, the game will be there for her. Um, so one for her to come back, but two, as said, said, you can't discount one, the mental impact that none of us will ever understand. And two, physically, you know, not who knows what she was able to do, if anything, you know, for all that time in the cell. So from a physical perspective in game to be out of the game for, you know, over a year total time and to come back and, you know, first game at home to be able to put up, you know, those numbers as, you know, again, I'm sure she's still acclimating all around in, in many facets of her life. Um, it, it's great to be able to see that and, and what a story and inspiration. And again, we can only imagine how difficult it has been. Um, but just to, to see it and to be part of that journey um, is, is truly a blessing and something that, you know, is going to continue to show as each day progresses and, and her story continues to unfold of the journey that she has been on and will continue to be on. Yeah, I'll just close with this point. I think if the Phoenix Mercury can win a WNBA title with this story of Brittany Griner coming back to play, not taking time off, and this would not only be a great elixir for the city of Phoenix, but for the WNBA. And for that reason, do you believe that that could mitigate the pain of the Suns collapsing so poorly in the finals? I mean, in this West semifinals. Let's start with you, said. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're always dangerous because they have DT on their team. You never know what she's going to pull out the bag, even in her elderly state. Um, and hats off to her, period, from, you know, you know, Diana has always been the last person announced when they do the starting lineup. And and, and uh, that was shocking to see that they, you know, replaced her in that with no downfall. But uh, she's handling it well, and, and I know she's uh, all for uh, – Brit coming back and, and being healthy, but uh, that would be very dangerous. You know, I don't know if it it, it really because it was. I mean, it, the Suns were on a high, man. Going to the finals against the Bucks and losing, man, was a. I mean, it was just it was it was a lot of tragedy in the streets of Phoenix. Yeah, it was two. They were up two zero. Yeah, it was a lot of tragedy, and, and, and I mean, and I wouldn't even. I, I can't compare it to us against the Bulls because we were down 2-0. <laughs> we, we were the other way around and we came back. And, they, you know, and the fact that we went, I mean, Giannis is great, but, you know, Michael Jordan was just brilliant uh, in, in that series against us. And 
you know, we we scrapped and did as much as we could to come back, but the the the, the town was down. And then the next year, you know, getting eliminated the way they did again and then again. And this year, it's just, you know, uh, I I I don't think it'll pick the city up. But I do think it'll be something great uh, for the Mercury because they always been a, a championship caliber organization and they've always been uh, up at the top. It's not like it's a dark horse or or they were awful, uh, the uh, you know, uh, in the past years. Uh, but as long as you got Diana, man, you got a chance to win a championship. Yeah, I hate it when people say uh, that Phoenix doesn't have a major sports title besides the D-backs because the Mercury have three. Okay, they have three titles, 2007, 2009, and 2014. Am I correct? I mean, I think those are the three years. And Diana's been there for all of them. And BG won won as well in 2014 with Diana. So it's like, it's almost like saying that Seattle doesn't have, they they miss basketball. Where Seattle's a basketball town. And they, they got several titles from the Seattle Storm led by Sue Bird, who's one of the best point guards, male or female. So it, you're basically taking away from what the women can provide for a town's fan base, uh, you know, in, in sports and not basically giving them credit by saying that we don't have this. We wish we had this when you have that. And that's what I say, why I say that it could basically help give a sense of consolation that, okay, we didn't get the sends as far as yeah. we wanted them to, but at least the Mercury could get a title led by, a woman who was imprisoned in a communist foreign country for something that she was basically trying to do to for the fact that there was a big wage gap and she was penalized for it. And, you know, she basically had to suffer for a year, pretty much, and trying to get back to doing what she loves to feed her family. And then she's basically helping, you know, feed the towns, uh, basically quell their disgust of what happened with the Suns. I mean, they survived the the Buckeye meltdown of the national championship. So I think Phoenix has been through some ups and downs when it came to, uh, you know, obviously sports uh, other other than the, the, the huge win over my Yankees uh, with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> right. No doubt. And, uh, and that's not a shout out to Kurt Schilling either. I'll just say that. <laughs> Yeah, Patrick, what do you got to say about that BG? In the yeah, uh, no, it won't uh, replace the the feeling. Um, just plain and simple, it's sad, but it's the reality that that we live in. As you you hit on it, the people just say that the three, you know, the three championships, nobody acknowledges those, and so uh, yeah, it would be phenomenal. Um, the the fans that are fans of both Suns and Mercury um, would be ecstatic, as as would I, but. Um, to say it would replace it or kind of ease that pain, I, I don't think that would be uh, valid, unfortunately, from the average um, Suns fan, if you will. But um, hopefully that's what it is. It's a, a great season and people get out to support. I think it, tonight is the first game on the AZ Family Network with that whole um, debacle going down with the the fight between, if you will, um, you know, Bally Sports and then Arizona Family and Matt Ishby on his kind of direction. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that all unfolds too. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting for sure. And uh, this summer, you know, it's going to ramp up with plenty to talk about and we'll continue to chronicle it on the Inferno podcast. Thank you all for listening till episode 29. I'm Dana Scott from my co-host Seth Zabalas and Dr. Patrick Batillo, a.k.a. Superfan Mr. Orange. Thanks for listening. All right. Peace, y'all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.